Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet, where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine to become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's show. We have Jay Anderley Das Buenachari. He is a disciple of Saima. He is a Tai Chi teacher and he knows a lot about the energy. Travel around to different countries teaching about his teachings. Hello and welcome to the show, Jay Anderley. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. I'm really well. And, uh... We have a beautiful day and the energy is beautiful, so yeah. let's go with that. Life is beautiful. <laughs> Were you interested in becoming a pilot? Uh, yes, I've been working in aeronautics as, as an engineer, so working in the planes, working for pilots, and then I could not hold it. I just have my license and I flew many years. I, I'm not flying again today, but for many years I've been a pilot for, for small planes. But this is where we have the most fun. <laughs> What was fun about, like, what drew you to become a pilot? Just to be over things and to have a different vision and to be free also. And actually, you, you're so right to insist a little bit like that. One of my fear was to take off and to have the, the, the feeling of not coming and landing again, landing, landing back. This was one of my fears. It was a very a great pleasure to be flying and up in the sky and be free. When you became a pilot, uh, where did you go after that? Yes, after that, so I was a pilot and working for the pilots also in the, in the big administration, French administration, taking care of their protections, their physiological protections, and uh, also talking about the missions, talking about the flight, the speed, the protection, how far we can go and all of this. And for me, it was all about fun, but professionally, it was more all about responsibility. To work with the pilot, you have to be a pilot yourself to understand what they are going through and how difficult it can be sometimes. When you were flying, did you feel free in the airplane? Yes, I did. And uh, as I was saying, it was one of my fears, not, not to want to come and, and, and land after, after takeoff. So... I have to be focused and stay and really stay in the in the reality of the flight. As a, a pilot and going through ergonomics, did that teach you um, knowledge that you can use today in your your teaching of energy and tai chi and and so on? Yes, you know, I've been also an engineer working in the plant with machines and producing chips, electronic chips. And uh, my team was young guys, young young women, very dynamic team, and they were working naturally but there, there was a, an atmosphere of game of playing there and sometimes they say we want we would like to see how you are how good you are so sit at this machine and try to to produce produce the chips as fast as we can so they were playing a little bit like that and uh, you know the ergonomics is the how the machine is adapted to the man or the contrary the same thing the interface and uh, here we see how logically we build the machine and how after that we ask a man or a woman to work with that and sometimes it's not great so ergonomics show you that there is a person that will work here and today advanced ergonomics would be to design the machine around the person 
and this is a very interesting approach, very, very interesting. And further, we can go to the cognitive ergonomics, and there is how you think and how you are going to interact with with the machine and design the machine for that, in accordance to that. Did you meet Saima during this or after this experience? I met Saima 25 years ago and it was not during this experience, but it was at that time where I was having this experience. I was working as an, as an engineer in aeronautics at that time. I was already a pilot. It was all coming together and I met Saima the same year I met my Tai Chi teacher and the same year I met other great master of energy. I have this opportunity to stay along with Saima. She invited me to, not to stay, but to keep working with her in a very natural way. And I, I keep going, coming, meditating. And with the time, I just stay there because the, the energy is rich. The teaching is really rich. And uh, my teaching life, energy, beauty, just great. What brought you to energy? Uh, everything is energy, actually. Everything is energy. I'm an engineer for, at the beginning, but in the same time, since I was small, I was interested in that. I was looking at how a man, a man works, what is the energy behind that, how it works when I see a machine, or when you have a team of men man doing a work, doing a task, how do we get organized? How do we use this energy to produce something? And here you have a master coming here, speaking about the energy of the mind, speaking about the energy of the heart. You know, the, the engineer are not getting in this type of energy. And then more, the energy of emotions, the energy of the matter. It's like more the living energy. I was more the side of the, the machine, the produce, producing, working like this. And here we come to the life how life energy, how this work in everything. Where did Tai Chi fit into this? Tai Chi fit in this because when you do some movement, and I have this great chance, you know, to have a very good teacher, and I did not look for him specifically, but he was just the one near my house when I was looking for that. And I, I came there and uh, each movement, when it's done with precision, carries or free some kind of energy. So this has been my practice for 15, close to 20 years with this teacher. He really did not teach and speak about energy, but many times my own practice within, I found myself in tears, I found myself vibrating because things was happening in my mind. And he did not teach me really, he did not speak a lot with that. During my experience, in the same time, same long time, I had Saima teaching with Saima. I was following Ma's teaching, and I understood the grace, the vibration, the Shakti, and in Tai Chi we call that the Chi or the Ki, but it's the same thing. Uh, we speak about the grace, we speak about the Shakti, we speak about the energy, the energy of life, the prana, we speak about all of that. And they are all the same or they are all really close. We speak about the same reality. And uh, I understood, opened my heart with the grace of the Master and opened my physical body with the precision of the movement with my teacher. And all of this matched together until I begin to feel a lot of energy flowing through the body. And today, practicing, understanding by different ways, I'm teaching that. And uh, the name of it, I, I put a name on that, Tai Chi for illumination, so I'm teaching that. And since the beginning, 
first class, it's about energy. It's not about movement. We go through the we go through the movement through energy, and this is a very specific approach, very unique. How do you add the form of energy through the martial art Tai Chi? So the, the martial art use this. They use this for the efficiency of their movement in order to destroy the other one because it's a, in a fight. I'm using the energy more to balance, structure, reinforce, and heat, actually. And when you bring this kind of this energy, the free energy, all of us are in touch with that. So when you use that for yourself, so you can realign yourself, cure many diseases, but also heal your emotions, structure your own inner energy, your own inner structure. And if I can go straight, say, have a much better life, a stronger life, stronger way in life. How does energy and Tai Chi affect consciousness? So if I put it in the other way, we, we will say that the movement done with consciousness, so this is Tai Chi, will generate good amount of energy, so inside of the body, with all we just talked about, and outside also. Here we touch the consciousness. For example, when we practice that, I have one of the practices that I named the Dance of the Elements. And when we practice that, it's a, it's a small sequence of 15 minutes of movement. Each part of the movement of the sequence invoke one of the elements, fire, wood, uh, water, earth, and metal. Everything is vibrating and we feel the vibrance during the practice in our body. All of us vibrating together, being in harmony uh, while we are doing that. In the same time, we create a kind of vortex around all of us. We practice all of us in the circle. There is a vortex which is created here, and I use that, this practice and this vortex, to heal and to cleanse the memory, the collective memory of community, town, or countries. And we are doing that. We are going and dancing in the, count in the different parts of the towns, different, different countries. And I've been doing that for many years. And actually, we did that in Ireland too, once or twice. Wow. When you say vortex energy, what do you mean? Yes. The vortex of energy is by the movement we are doing. We are generating our life energy around us. And we move bigger, bigger energy in a sort of movement of a big vortex, like a turbulent of energy around us, which is much bigger. And this energy, this vortex, will do the work of cleansing for the for the the memory and the, the collective memory of the community. Would it be similar to like an aura? Like no, an aura is more the radiation of your own energy around you. Okay, naturally, I, I'm following your your thoughts. We can speak about the aura of a group of person, but here. It's more a movement. The aura will be here all the time, but it's a dynamic. We are moving something. It's like we are starting a movement in the energy of nature. And this is great. Because of our own power, clear, because of our own consciousness, consciousness, we are doing that. This is possible. And because of our own alignment, we are catching, touching, and we are aligned with very higher field of energy and consciously doing the movement, invoking the elements, we bring this energy down and we make them move in all the space. So this is where the huge vortex is created and we have the effect that we expect actually. When you are teaching the students in your class, do you see the aura around them? How are you able to help them 
adapt and detox their energy. Yes, so it's 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 a bit strange to say I see. Okay, let, let put that aside. Let's say I have a perception of it. I have a good feeling of it, but naturally I have a perce- a clear perception of the energy of the person. And when I ask the person to move or to do a, one movement that I'm doing or showing, I will see if the movement is well done. But what is this balance in the person? So this is clear, clearly seen by me. And because of that, I will be able to give the teaching, some teaching about the movements to do them better, but also about the thought, about the mind, to correct something in the mind so that because of that, the movement will be better done without any effort in the movement. You just do something, change something in the mind, and the movement is better. And we also use the other way. We do the movement as precise as we can, and something will change in the mind. So it's really beautiful to see that. And each time we have a seminar, it's incredibly beautiful to see people after, people before. When you see people before and after, what's the difference you see? Oh, after they are more clear, they are more anchored, they are open, they are confident, they are loving. You you know, they are looking like happy people, aligned. And when they come, they are stressed. They are as they are, you know, as you and me. When we come, we are coming from the town, from our families, from our problems also, but our concern, we are more or less contracted and stressed. And uh, after that, all of this is released, and you see people just like standing, happy, open, and beautiful. They are really more beautiful. And this is what we can see on the pictures. You met Saima. Tell us about how you became a Bonachari. So this is, um, how can I say that? I did not really think about that. It has just happened uh, as it has happened. I think in Ma's mind, there is a meaning for that at that time. And for me, it was just like, just confirming the way I was already thinking. And I was already like that, living, being vegetarian, not having a, like a couple, because I have, I have had few couples already and I have experience and good and more difficult, whatever. But this was not the meaning. It was more, I need to keep this time for myself because I could not engage a relationship. And the relationship is taking a lot of energy from, from myself, from each of the person, and it's drawing the energy in one way, which is the relation. And us, we are with the, with the spiritual teaching, we are learning that, that actually the relation is something, but you have also the spirit. You have also the soul, you have also the self, or the Atma. And uh, to have this open heart to, to receive the vibration of these different beings that are living here, and being being in relationship with them, if I can say, but it's not them, because they are part of myself, they are really part of my own identity, needs to be focused and to be really open to one thing or few things. Being in a relation, Except if you are in a divine relationship, which is not really usual, uh, you, you cannot have enough attention to that. So this is the point. So I became naturally a brahmachari. Ma gave me the initiation. I just uh, and I enjoy it since the beginning. It's a domain. Uh, this initiation take us and take me. Uh, let me speak about my own experience. Took me in a in a space, in a domain, in a vibrational domain, much higher wider and uh, incredibly more vibrant. I can speak a bit, I can speak a little bit more about that if, if you ask me another question. Yeah, let's, let's kind of dig a bit further about, about that, right? Okay, so 
let's say uh, when they have been asked if I would like to be a Brahmachari or to receive a divine name. And in my consciousness, I did not see what would be opposed to that. And I say yes. Somewhere, it was it was an, an answer from the heart, and not I was not totally aware of what was the meaning of that. So I said yes. And Saima said, close your eyes, and I did, and I received like a bunch of Shakti, a huge amount of Shakti, energy, prana, in, in my structure. And uh, when I came back, I, I looked different. This is what my friend said, but also I opened my eyes, and it seems to me that everything I was seeing was different. And uh, the next morning, very early on the, the beach, I had this initiation with all the, the other Brahmacharis that were there. And uh, I can just say a few words about that, not too much, but in the, in the ritual, they asked me, what, what's your name? My divine name that was given to me the, the day before. So what's your name? So I found it. I found it because it was looking strange for me that at that time I was not used to that. And we had the ritual going on. And this, at the end of the ritual, they asked me again, what is your name? And I said it. And when I said it, I heard all the elements, elements around me being magnified. You know? I heard the waves, like huge noise made by the waves, by the wind, by the birds. Even the, the fish was jumping out of the water. It was like all the elements around me manifested their presence in my feeling. And it's maybe more than just a feeling, but in my feeling, I was just like them. I was just an element like this, all these elements that I was seeing. And uh, this feeling has always been staying here. And I feel like this today, being a part of one of the elements, one of the elements of nature. And actually Brahmachari would mean being a, a servitor of Brahma in the Vedic tradition. And Brahma in the Vedic tradition is one of the face of God. In this tradition, God has three different faces. Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Brahma is the creator. Vishnu will, will maintain alive everything that has been created, and Shiva would, let's say, recycle that, destroy few things and keep few things uh, alive. It would be like making the choice and recycle the energy. So being a servitor of Brahma is being a servitor of this power, creative power of life. And I really feel like that. When you had that experience, how did you feel in your body from the change? Before the change, I was kind of stressed. Even if I was calm, apparently, because I had, I had huge responsibility, the work was about responsibility for the pilots and, and all of this. And uh, things are going, were going more or less well in my own life. I was more or less happy. Even if I was happy and I was thinking that everything was okay. After that, I reached a very different level of perception, vision, understanding of life. It's a complete different thing. And for example, in India, we went to India many times, many of us with, with Saima. We discovered a lot of practices there. And one of the practices is a huge meet uh, of all those holy people. We call, they call that the Kumbha Mela. We speak about millions of people coming together at a very specific time of the year. Not every year, but kind of, there is a cycle here. Huge manifestation of presence of the spirit. And uh, one time in, 
in this uh, event, Kumbamela, I had a change in my consciousness very incredible. And let's say to make it cool, to make it simple and quick, let's say that before I was just seeing things as everybody, and after the change of consciousness that has taken place in few minutes, but also with the work of the master, it's the work of the master make that happen, uh, I was seeing more what is infinite, what is permanent, what is not uh, perishable. This, was, this would, would be the first thing that I would see after the change of consciousness, and the rest of it I would see it after. And it has changed like that in my mind. I don't, I'm not sure I'm really clear when I'm saying that. But you see, for example, if I take an example, I would say uh, the energy of creation or the spirit that is expressed in a tree or in a river or what's, something like that. This energy is at the base of all of that. So today to, to see that or to think about that, you have to think about it. But when you look outside, you see trees and you see a river. And this is a level of consciousness. And when my consciousness changed, I was looking outside and first thing I would see is not the tree and the river, but the contrary. I would see the energy first and then I would see the trees on it and I would see the expression of this energy in trees, rivers, and animals, and mountains, and whatever. What was the name that you picked after your ceremony? I did not pick the name. The name corresponds to my energy and also the name carries an energy to help me carrying on my own mission in life. For example, this is what the master told me, this is what my master told me, Jayendra Das means being close to the light. So the meaning of that for me is to help me to carry on in life this work of uh, bringing more light to communities and helping developing this energy in the world. So the, the name that you're handed is helps you identify who you are through your mission, right? Yeah. Yes, it's it's uh, it's an energy also. It's a new a new identity also uh, because now every everybody calls called me by this name. There there are really few people in the world that know my old name, my ancient names. But today all the people know me by Jayendras, and this name carries a kind of energy. After the the ceremony, how did you feel uh, serving your mission in your life and uh, to the program that you provide? You see, it's, this brings a change of consciousness. That means uh, I feel myself more here to help and serve instead of having a work and a job. Uh, it's not my language anymore, but it's not also my feeling. I, I don't have a job and I don't have a work. I just have, I would say, a mission. It's easy to speak this way. I just have a an intention that I manifest in action to serve people, to help them grow, or to serve all what is about life and bring people more to life, to what is real life, what is clean, what is alive, what is pure. So all of this is a work, and is and I'm doing that through Tai Chi, through cooking class, how to cook a good food, a vibrant food through coaching, coaching session, healing session, energy session, mentoring, and we can go like this, dance of the elements, and uh, the fan, the Tai Chi fan now that I'm teaching, different kind of activities just to help people with, let's say, a small amount of time and, and money uh, 
take them in, in this space that I'm living in for a while already since the traditional initiation, but take them there because there, there is this, we are in touch with the pure vibration of life. And how can we access that pure uh, energy and consciousness? I would say there is no other way than practice. And practice is practice movement, practice meditation, practice japa, which is reciting mantras or chanting, chanting second, second chant. Or also dancing or doing some arts like painting, chanting, like classical chant. All, all the different arts bring us to this step, to this place. It's about practice because in our spirit, we are already pure and in a very high level of energy, vibration. The juice would be to have this vibration while we are in the physical body. So this is what is great. And the master, what we call also the masters, that means spiritual guides, this person are living in their physical body with this consciousness that they are part of the divine power. They have a certitude of that. We are not so sure. We are discovering, we are learning, we open ourselves to receive and understand that. But these, the gurus, they know that really, really well. It's for that they can teach us and take us there. Is our consciousness dictating our story of who we are and what we're doing during the day? The level of consciousness would, would take us to different kind of actions. For example, let, let me take a normal life of a normal normal guy, just to just to make fun out of it and to, to allow us to understand easily. We just we wake up in the morning and when we are up, we just get a coffee and then uh, let's say a croissant or some I don't know breakfast and then we just make some little stretching and we are ready for the work and we go to work. And after that, I keep, you keep going like this and you see how, how all the life you do. And from time to time, the weekend, you just have your friends and another fun, another part of fun, drinking something, eating something, just sharing, talking, all of this. So this is very limited when you, you consider all the power that we have. You see, this is, it's not limited, but it's small. We have bigger energy inside of us and we have greater possibilities even if we stay in a very simple life let me try to show how it would look like uh, when we are more more in touch with this energy so when you wake up in the morning first you wake the body up but the spirit has not slept so much they have been in touch with that even all the night come there you wake up the body stretching possibly and then eating eating drinking the breakfast and all of that this would be the need of the physical body but you also have a soul, you also have a spirit in you, and they also have needs. And first, before thinking about the breakfast, I would think about being in touch with them and reharmonize myself with my soul, with my atma, with my spiritual, with my heart, before going for a new day. And just being reharmonized with all these different parts, let's say with them, but actually it's with me, it's really myself. This brings to me another huge volume and another huge dimension of energy. And the breakfast here is just a small thing. We can enjoy the breakfast, but they will take a very different place in life. And then you, get, you, you go and move in your life, in your day like this. And uh, the, the different events that will happen are really related because the other part, so the atma and the vibrations, they are higher highly vibrant, they are richer, they are also, I don't know how can I say that, it's 
it's more life, you know, it's really life, it's moving, it's vibrating, vibrating. There were a lot of colors and sensations and smells. And um, we are touched by that, this power of life in all dimensions of our beings. It's not just something uh, you know, limited, limited to a part of us. It's touching us fully all the time. And when we see our master and the other masters, great masters, it's the same. They are all living and all the microseconds and they are living it fully in their body. This is the big difference we are, we are learning. Do the masters ever, like are they always around us in throughout the day? First, the masters have a very different consciousness of things than us. They are quicker, faster, they are clever, they are doing things much faster and quicker than us. They understand things very differently. So we are, it's difficult for us to follow them all the time. And I've been close to the masters many times. And when we are tired after a few hours being there and working and doing things for them, they are still fresh. They don't sleep actually. They are just keep going. They just keep going. A lot of energy. They are very precise actions. And we are tired much before. So, yeah, we have to be prepared. We prepare ourselves. And being close to a master is also the process of purifications of all our energy. Why do you think the master never gets tired? Uh, if they are getting tired, much less than us. And what was it like to be around Saima for a period of time? For me, since the beginning, it has been a time when I'm around Ma. It's a time of beauty, pure beauty. It's really beyond my perception. And I see, I'm percepting it fully. I have learned a lot of things. I have learned beauty, I have learned love, I have learned to understand, I have learned feelings, emotions. I have learned all of this being close to Saima. But each time I'm learning, opening my heart to that, but I see how much I have to open, but I also see the infinite dimension that my incarnates in all these domains. So each time it's a time of pure, pure delight. In the same time, it's time for work. We are here close to Mark to do actions and uh, we are doing our actions in this kind of energy. When you give a seminar, what do you teach? Is it meditation and Tai Chi or what? Both things. Some, sometimes it's mass teaching. For example, I can call that a conference on uh, devotion, freedom, on surrender, you know, this can be a conference uh, workshop. And uh, here we talk about it and then practice and then we have a meditation to incarnate everything that we have uh, talked about so that the community understand, open and grow. And it can be one of all my practices about Tai Chi, awakening the energy in the morning by movement, um, dance of the elements, or fan tai chi, or regenerate the cells, or cooking class, all of these things, or mentoring, coaching, healing treatment, you know, everything that I'm doing can be one of those things. And I try to have that in, in pieces, not too big, so that it's kind of digest and not very expensive. But sometimes, and you know, actually I'm teaching, I'm training teachers, I'm training tai chi teachers for tai chi for of illumination and we spend every three months we spend a full weekend together two and a half days and there it's a type of integration practicing moving cleansing realigning reopening all our energy so sometimes i work offering workshop of three hours can be also a full day can be like a large day beginning at six in the morning and finishing at 11 in the night 
or two and a half days full time, let's say 24 hours, as much as we can. There is no limit when we are together like this in this kind of energy. Naturally, there is time to sleep, but when you have a healing treatment just before you sleep, you are not sleeping, you are just resting the body, you are really energized. When you were teaching with Saima, was it meditation or prana reading? What, what did she teach? Mainly the practice that we call the spiritual practices, meditation, pranayama, reciting the reciting mantras, chanting, uh, doing RT. RT is a ritual where we offer it's a ritual with flame, the sacred flame, where we celebrate the energy of the guru, of masters, or of a divine, divine power. So all these are spiritual teaching, or teaching on the light, you know, our subtle bodies, the chakras, how we impact that or how this impact that in our lives, you know, to be our soul, teaching on the soul and being in touch with that, teaching on the ways, ways of creation, divine ways. So it's all of that. It's really, really broad, really expanded as possibilities, many, many possibilities. Do you feel that your life was divinely orchestrated to where you are at the moment? If it's divinely orchestrated, I would say yes. But in the same time, I have a feeling of everything before they come to manifestation. So it's like I'm a part of this orchestration also. It's not that I'm living, being under it. Naturally, I cannot say I'm aware of everything. But naturally, uh, I would say we are part of all that, that that's happening. We are part of that in our consciousness, in our awareness. So. Yes, it's divinely orchestrated, and let's say, yes, I'm orchestrating it also. This small part where I'm saying, I am also orchestrating it, behind that there is, yes, I can create the life that I want. So this is a huge possibility that is behind that through the spiritual teachings. Do you think manifestation is part of what we throw out, like a fishing hook, and the fish comes back to us? What were you saying? That you are fishing and uh, you release the fish and the fish come back? I, w I was just using an, an analogy to uh, understand is manifestation part of what we are collecting to orchestrate divinely what's going to happen? Mm. Yes, uh, manifestation is more uh, and also uh, an understanding of what's happening in the world, you know, the, the material world, when we see something happening, this thing has been already created in the energy and it's coming to the manifestation in the matter. If you are in touch with the, the energy and the subtle energy, you feel that coming because it's in the energy and it's coming to manifestation. And the same way we say when you have a disease in your body, this disease has been existing already in your subtle body and it's coming back to your physical body and and it will be seen in the physical body. But if you are attentive and sensitive, you will feel that there is a disease going here because it's already in your energy. So you can treat it before you have the real disease. So you see that before something is being manifested, you can feel it and act. So you are part of the actions, part of the manifestations, part of what's happening in the outer life here. And the juice would be being part of it consciously knowing what you are doing. This would be great. This is great. When you say subtle mind, is that the subconscious? It's all conscious, subconscious, subconscious. You don't know really what you are doing, but you are doing it. 
And people think most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm not in charge of it, I'm not responsible for it. This is a big mistake. You don't know what you are doing, but you are in charge. You are responsible for it. So say that is like behaving as a child. When we see that, so I'm, I'm going in the coaching mode, when somebody say that, so we would say this person is still behaving as a child. So there is a lack of opening the consciousness, there is a lack of maturity. In that. So the person or the, the, the awareness, the consciousness has not grown enough to come to manifestation in such a way where you see that your thoughts, your actions create other actions. Your thoughts will create actions in this world and some kind of actions will come together and bring a bigger action that we may not like, but we are part of the people or the energy that has created that and we have to be responsible for it. Is the subconscious the soul orchestration through the body or is that another aspect? No, no. The soul would be higher vibration and the higher vibration, that means the higher frequency of, the, of us. And the subconscious would be a deeper way of acting. For example, unconsciously, you would like to please somebody. Okay, So this here doesn't have any meaning about higher vibration. It's just there is a, an intention. This intention will drive your action because you are going to do a lot of things to please this person consciously or unconsciously. This has nothing to see with the soul. It may be linked by other ways, but this has nothing, nothing to see. And the soul is another perception of a higher frequency and vibration, something else. With frequency and vibration, is that what connects us to matter and the universe? Yeah, this connects us to, let's say, cosmos, universe. This creates us to the energy of creation. The matter is a sort of energy. Now it's let's say it's a vibration also, it's energy also, but in a lower frequency of vibration. And in a higher frequency of vibration, this matter would be light, for example. Okay, so the limit of matter when we raise its frequency would be to come to a place where the matter is close to be the light. So kind of no weight, but full energy, full potential of energy. And in the other way, we'll go down in the vibration and we'll have this condensation of energy that will bring matter. So it's a range and we move on this range between matter and we would say spirit or light. It's a scale. It's a scale where one side with low vibration you have matter and the other side high vibration you would have light or spirit or prana, things like that. Who inspires you to do what you do? Who inspired many teachers, many masters. I met many masters since the beginning, since I was small. And I grew up because I was always interested in that. So I was searching and finding and listening to all these people and all their teaching and their approaches. But also, you know, I met also great engineers, great masters, great teachers in the universities. And these guys are so high in their way of looking at things that they are close to be spiritual masters. But it's, it's not their way, it's not the way they are using to teach. They don't link it this way. They are teaching in the matter, you know, they teach the physics, they teach the way the electrons behave in a whatever, in a different situation. But their vision is really high and broad. Also. So they have a, a very deep vision uh, on the matter, 
a spiritual master is different. It's different because the vision would be high also, but the action on the matter would be direct from the master directly to the matter. And let's say a great teacher, engineer, or a conscious person in the university, to act on the matter, they would need tools or equations or artifacts to act on the matter. So this would be the two big differences if we go like this. If you could get a chance to chat with the divine, what do you think that conversation would be? So, you, you know, there is a book which name is Conversation with the Divine. You know that. But a conversation with the divine, as I do have it few times, or let's say many times, or very often, it's uh, first, it's about feelings. It's quick, not quick like this, but it's uh, an openness in a field where vibrations go forth, back and forth. So you feel the meaning of few things, you get intuitions, you are feeling what, what is the field of energy which is here or which is coming, and this is a kind of conversation. When you have a question inside, for example, and you just by chance, like for everybody it would be by chance, you, you see a bird coming just on your balcony here and chanting for three minutes and leaving, this has a meaning. It's not just because the bird was tired and came here to, to wait a few seconds. No, no, no. It's, it's in the whole organization of life. You have your questions, and these questions uh, questions the life force, and life force answer to that by sending you a bird to chant a few minutes. Is it a great? It is. It's, it's beautiful to have that, that as, a, as a symbol, but yes, it's the, the divine speaking to you as well. If you could have a, a question or, or a conversation that you would like to teach, what would it be? Uh, actually, I'm concerned, I'm working by myself and I'm searching actually on many different topics. One of them would be how to interact directly on the matter and with my spirit. You know, transform the matter. I'm still doing that with all my practices, but more strongly and more directly. And I found one or two ways that I'm working on now, and this will give seminars in one year or two years, and I'm calling them Ascension in the Matter. So this is like a, like a big envelope, and in that I took few and many seminars. But one of them, one way to go there would be how to transfer energy to matter. How can we do that through our spirit? I'm working on that by myself. I'm working on that because this interests me a lot. And I'm sure in a few months, let's say one or two years, one year, I will be able to construct, to build a seminar, like a time frame in which I can take people to open themselves to this awareness, this consciousness, and, and give them tools to do it with my control. Naturally. Because here we play with powerful energy, very powerful energies, and we need to have the, the awareness and the wisdom going with it. So this needs to be watch and to be uh, to be mastered in a, a car you have gears one to six is there something similar in the energy fields it's not about the speed because here we will go faster but we stay in the same dimension it, uh, a good image would be uh, life would be uh, like a building or a tower and you have a kind of life at each level of the tower at each each uh, stage you have a, a different type of level. And uh, you, you remember this movie, The Titanic? 
And in each class, we have a complete different life because it's different people, they have different concerns and different way of having fun, all of this. It will look like this. The number of layers are kind of infinite. And naturally, you can change of class. You can pass, go from one class, one level, to the other level. And when you raise in your consciousness, you raise in different level like that and you have a different kind of concern, interest, life also. What is the difference between meditation and prayer? Ah, a prayer is, let's say it's an invocation or is uh, asking and open ourselves to receive an answer. So there is an orientation in the energy. Uh, there, is a, there is a, I won't say a concern, there is a subject. There is something that will be crystallized, we will crystallize on, we will focus on something. So this is a prayer. But meditation is more open, much, much more open. So we, I always said, but it's not me, it's, it's coming from the teaching. There are two types of meditation. There is a meditation, a type of meditation which is, which is meditation with the subject and another type of meditation which is meditation without any subject. So let's say, for example, we try to understand what, what is freedom, for example. This is, this is just an example to understand what, what, is, what is the game here. So you get in meditation and you begin to think about that. I said freedom. So what is freedom? And you begin to think about it. You have new answers coming. And then uh, through the answers, you follow the answers and you leave, you leave to another kind of question. So you come back and again asking yourself, what is freedom? Like this. And by being guided or guiding yourself to freedom, freedom, and freedom, you go deeper in that, you open yourself, you take off all the resistance that doesn't, do not allow you to understand what freedom is. But you know that if you go like this, you will understand freedom, but you will also have transformed yourself to be more free, okay? And the other side, you have this openness, fully open, with nothing, completely empty. And after a while and a practice and a kind of uh, efficiency in your practice, the meditation, the vibration of the universe takes your consciousness somewhere in the universe. But this is great because this is exactly who we are. In, our, in some part of ourselves, we are this power of life. So we, we merge again with all of that and our consciousness can be present or less present. But it's a trip, it's a, it's a journey, and meditation just takes you. Where can we find you? Where you can find me? You can find me through my website, jayandradas.com, jayandradas.com. You can find me when I give some seminars in Belgium, Ireland, but also mm-hmm. many of them in Quebec or in the US, in Turquoise Island, where else in Germany, where else in India, you know, I'm trying to, where people ask me to come, when there is a small community ask me to come and give a seminar, I just organize that in my, in my own planning and I'm coming. So this is the way where you can find me, but you can always send me an email through my website and uh, we can talk about what is your need or what would you like to do. For example, when I begin to teach Tai Chi, a lady come to me and say, this is beautiful what he's doing. We just bought a, a terrain, we just bought a land, a land, and we are going to build a community. Would you like, would you come to, to do this dance of the elements and bless our land? This is great, and I will come. If there was one piece of knowledge or ex- that happened in your experience or story or something you picked up through um, your practice, what would it be? 
Uh, I would say one of the major things is we live close to the matter. We have a physical matter. This is matter. There is reality matter, the way, the temperature, the comfort, all of this is about matter. But what I realize is this is a real small part. And I would say if I have something to say or to show or to take people to, would be we can get rid of being attached to that to go to a place where everything is here. We are still taking care of the body and the comfort and everything, but our awareness and our consciousness is open to a greater dimension where we are free and we are completely 100% ourselves. So if I can do something for humanity to be, I'll take people there. I just say that because I see a piece of paper here saying me that Saima will come to London and giving a darshan very soon. So this would be an opportunity for people also, if they are interested in discovering that, what is a master, a uh, living master, the power, the beauty, and, and the incredible presence that the living master can have. Chandruli, thank you very much for coming onto the show and sharing your story, your journey, experience, and everything else. Thank you so much for hosting me, and I'll be open to, to what I can do with you and with uh, the Irish community in, in this sense of seminars, helping, coaching, guiding, and serving. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.